Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, on this episode of the Legends of Tomorrow After Show, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 6, Outlaw Country. We're going to find out about Jonah X, he's back, menopause, and we get to see if Nate can actually stop a train with his steel-bared hands. Let's do it. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. There you go, everybody. A little jaunty jig from Back to the Future 3 welcomes us into another edition of the Legends of Tomorrow After Show here on After Buzz TV. We'll be breaking down Season 1, or Season 2, excuse me, Episode 6, Outlaw Country. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Moran. You can follow me on Twitter at Happy Go Jack. And I'm Dave Child. You can find me at MR Dave Child or DaveChild.com. Okay. <laughs> uh, if I could, I'm not I, gonna. I'm not gonna talk like that the entire. Uh, are I'm you not, sure? No, I'm not gonna do. It. I'm not gonna do my Jonah Hex impression for Dang the it, entire time. We gotta ration it out though, selectively. Yeah, I'll just every time I say something negative about women, I'll just I'll just, <laughs> just bring into it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, if I could, I'd be Frank Moran. But since I can't, I am Lex Michael. All of our social media at the Lex Michael. Um, I'm a woman, so I don't know if I can give out my social media handle in the Old West, but if you need it, it's at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N, anywhere on the internet, since there is only one, Lucretia Line. Uh, And folks, you can like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes. Lex's cup is full of those, and he needs more, because he's consuming them at a rapid pace. Almost, almost seeing the bottom of the the mug here, you guys. Okay, load up those five-star reviews, please. Uh, Subscribe to the YouTube channel, and hop in the chat. Lucretia's got her computer up, our resident oracle. We'll be seeing everything you write about this particular episode. So, if you want to comment about this episode, or just the series in particular, or in general, just uh, feel free to chat away. We love your suggestion. Yeah, we love your suggestions about, like, the opening songs by the way keep those coming we just couldn't like listen to it because we had to start the show right yeah. away so but we... plus we all got really excited about that piece of music from back to the future yeah. 3 yeah yeah right before we started it's like I, I just said you know we should do that song from back to the future 3 that goes <laughs> and apparently you could just google that and yeah. it just popped up yeah you just could, google yeah. that noise you spell out that whole just thing just spell out <laughs> <laughs> the technology is amazing. Yeah. Now, before we get into the episode proper, uh, you know, finally, uh, Dave and Lex actually let me watch the cold open of the show. I mean, because, you know, guys, they always zoom past that. He pinned both of us down and <laughs> grabbed the remote. And before we could get up from the floor, it was too late. He yeah. had already seen it and heard it. So Stein is doing the narration in this one. And this he is said, his first time hearing it <laughs> because he's always late. He never watches it with us. I'm not going to play or I'm not going to guess and this lie. We're always watching it from the very beginning, so we know this weird opener that's been happening every really? single time. You know this? Yes, yes. it happens every, every single time. They, it's a different character. It's a different character, but, but, but is every... it the same exact thing, or they yeah. always kind of tweak it? Because I don't know if I've heard any characters say they this. They always say, don't call us heroes, call us legends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they always say it. Well, because he says, we're a team of outlaws and misfits. Yeah. So don't please don't call us heroes. Call us legends. Like what? That is a I'm huge not, jump. Like a hero could be a legend, but an outlaw and a misfit. I'm not debating the absence of a logical through line. I'm just surprised at how strongly you're reacting. That's yeah, this is also yeah. the first time you actually watched the very beginning of the well, show. Yeah, it's, a really, it's a consequential part of the show. It's just like a little. I know the premise of the show. Just, I don't need to watch just this. Skip over it. Yes, Did, but again, my problem with them calling themselves legends. What is this? I, that's why I like <laughs> lovable losers from mm. last time. Oh, right. We yeah, got, we we didn't have legends notorious. on the back. <laughs> we are notorious behind us. Oh, Louis. Yeah, Louis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's keep going. All right, what else? Louis speaking, of tomorrow. Speaking of legends, um, there we go. 
Uh, yeah, last time they said like they referred to themselves as lovable losers, so I kind of wanted that to be the new name of the show. I think, sure. I think that describes the group a lot better. But DC's lovable losers, lovable losers. Because just I, I'm sorry, guys. Just by this definition, okay. there. If you you're saying you're a hero you mm-hmm. or an outlaw or misfit, which one are you most likely to consider a legend? Looking back. Uh, I, I know some legendary misfits. All right. I know some, like, just misfits that went down in history and, and like, Sasquatch. He's, uh, like, a big misfit. Yeah. Well, he doesn't fit into any category. The misfit toys mm-hmm. got their own island. Yeah. This is the part you decided yes and, guys. This. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Will Smith and I am legend. What a misfit. <laughs> So we start this episode back in 1874 in Liberty, Colorado. Yeah, we get one of yeah. our time pirates, a really cool futuristic scanning device. Yeah, makes uh, searching for gold pretty easy back in that time period. Or, but he's not looking for gold, guys. He's no, for no, he's looking else. for something else. What's he looking for? A dwarf star. <laughs> a dwarf star buried under the earth. I thought dwarf stars were from actual dwarf stars. Yeah. Because the, the dwarf stars exist. They're just yes. tiny stars. They're just really, really dense stars. So every time they talk about dwarf star material, I assume they got them from dwarf stars. Or maybe a piece of a dwarf star fell. And maybe that's what happened here. Maybe a piece of dwarf star hit the earth when it was still molten. Sure. And went underneath the earth in Liberty. And that's how it got was there. But I still find it funny that they call a rock a dwarf star. Anyone else here? Yes. Am I alone on this? It sounds super cool and fun and science-y. Yeah, is... because you put dwarf and star together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds those, super are, those are two science words. If you're if you're sure. not if you're not super well if you're if you're a scientific layman and you hear the term dwarf star, you probably go, "Oh, this sounds really fun and sciency," and I'm not going to worry too much about it because there's I mean, a metal not, person in this. Yeah, okay, I'm not worrying about it. I just think there's no like science word like even kryptonite. No, sounds right. like yeah. a science word. Dwarf star just sounds like. It's from a dwarf star. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's move off of this. Yeah. Guys, yeah, let's get back to the intro. See, they say that they're... No. Uh, so what's great, though, is uh, we do get Jeff Fahey, and I think we can all agree, any TV series right. that yes. has Jeff Fahey, in it, Jeff Fahey in it is a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any any film project uh, in any medium with Jeff Fahey is a little bit better, certainly. And he's playing Quentin Turnbull, who uh, y'all might remember appeared in the Jonah Hex movie, mm. portrayed like by John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I skipped that movie. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I found out that like Jonah Hex was magic, I was like, I'm I'm good. Yeah, I'm good with magical. not watching that. <laughs> now I feel like any time pirate, if you're going to be going back, and you if you're going to bring along your futuristic tracking or searching device here to locate Dwarf Star, why aren't you going to bring some kind of futuristic ray gun or gun instead instead of use a six shooter? Because then he gets outgunned and outmanned by uh, well, he Jeff didn't, he didn't get to shoot it off, so maybe it was a lot like Rips, like future pistol six shooter like thing. Six shooter. But if it was, you know, Jeff would be using that all the time. Yeah. Then. Right. I, I, I wonder true. if maybe he was trying to blend because he didn't think initially probably that he was going to get ambushed and killed so quickly, right? So he maybe was thinking like, I can't bring future weapons. That's going to draw even more attention to me than right. my outfit. I need to use this one. Oh, <laughs> there's a lot more of them dead. Right. He should have worn a hat then. Yeah. If he had worn a hat, <laughs> blended right in. That's true. Maybe his his vessel doesn't have the one of those cool outfit generating machines. Or it makes everything but the hat, and it's yeah. always like a weak point in every outfit that he makes. Because no he didn't pay for the upgrade. No, mm. yeah, it's an upgrade hat. <laughs> He's still on like ninety five, you know. You right. Mm-hmm. So you he does get shot. Jeff Fahey uh, mm-hmm. kills him and gets the track the little tracking device here. So something's going to be changing in the future. We don't know exactly what. We get time quick. That's right. Uh, but then we're back on the uh, on the Wave Rider, and we see they're looking over the uh, the item that they got from Damien Dark last episode. And there's right. a big, because they never showed it to us, there's like, oh, what could be in the box? And it's just another amulet that uh, it, it, there's no historical reference to it whatsoever. Yeah, this is kind of the one part in the episode where they have to touch into the big storyline. Just be like, yeah. okay, remember, this is going on. We got an amulet. We got a speedster. We got future berries. Message. Message, yep. which we're still not telling people. Don't know why, but mm. we're still not telling people, even though we have a speedster involved here. Um, so this is what's going on anyways. Uh, let's find out what this time quake is. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of the whole gist of that scene. Which, But I kind of like that they're going around exploring like 
time quakes and little changes in time because it it just it's more i the adventure makes sense to me and it also feels like it's something to distract you from the main story in a logical way in a way i agree because it feels like not every aberration is going to be the uh coming from the legion of doom there's going to be these time pirates which is cool so you can have those one-off episodes where it's like they set up some aberration we got to figure out what it is right yeah and as far as any of them know the legion of doom is not a thing yeah i mean really the legion of doom is not a thing yet so the job is going around correcting these aberrations so yeah it's cool that it can potentially the series could potentially run on this concept indefinitely yeah Mm -hmm. and also in the first i mean the first season had a problem where you knew it was vandal savage you knew vandal savage was the problem and you pretty much they had these oh we don't know where he is in time now which always seemed like a stretch it's like you could find vandal savage if you like really wanted to and this time they they literally don't know who to look for except for maybe dark but he's kind of he's he's probably harder to find except for the important moments yeah. So it kind of struck it struck me as it makes more sense because they don't quite know what the Legion of Doom is planning, what's happening, or or even that their name is Legion of Doom. So, but it still mm. seems hard to me that they would not know of Zoom at all, uh, or uh, 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 Reverse Flash because it's like I feel like well, Gideon would have that information they? though. Oh, I guess yeah. Mm. Okay, that yeah. yeah because I would say at none of those characters would have been dealing with Barry super often, super directly while he was handling Eobard Thawne. So maybe it wouldn't have come up beyond, oh yeah, I had to fight a really fast person in a yellow suit. Right. And also, to be fair, maybe they, they haven't asked Gideon yet. <laughs> yeah. Gideon's, That's not going to offer that information up. Yeah, Only I don't think... Asked. Well, Gideon is a computer. I don't think it's like, like you're talking around... A, I mean, I guess Gideon sometimes says, oh, by the way, this means this. <laughs> but it seems like, you know, maybe you just have to be, hey, Gideon, are there any famous evil yellow speedsters? And then it'd be like, oh, it's going to oh. be incredibly Gideon's frustrating. It's kind of like a newer Siri that's a little bit better, but it's still going to give you like a dickish answer. And you that's still true. have to yeah. press the button. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Siri won't mm. tell you you have no friends unless you ask. ask. Yeah. yeah. Siri won't change your name to lover unless you actually go into the settings and change your name to. Lover. Well, oh, interesting. <laughs> a little peek into the big child's life right here on the Legends uh, of Tomorrow Anyways, show. about this episode. <laughs> uh, speaking of lovers, uh, we see that uh, Martin Stein is <laughs> having these headaches through the course right. of the episode. And we find out by the end what that means. But he's ha- So because of those headaches, he's kind of sidelined himself from the main mission, which is heading back into Turnbull Country, County, which has all of a sudden kind of taken over a portion of the United States and kind of changed history as we know it. Yeah. Yes. And we, the other cool element that we have running through is uh, Nate and Ray. They're uh, they're broing broing out, but I feel like at the beginning it's nice like that tension between them. I feel like there's some still re- uh, residual jealousy of Ray towards Nate for now having these steel powers. And sure, those right. scenes were just awesome. By the way, I love those two dudes broing out. They're just adorable. Yeah, they're my oh, new I, favorite friendship yeah. in this whole thing. Because yes. it makes sense because they're both kind of nerdy, handsome like nerds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They could bring Zachary Levi in there and make it a trifecta there. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Yeah, there you go. Well, I like, like, Frank, you just said, like, there was a, you detected a layer of, like, maybe jealousy uh, between, uh, from Ray to Nate because Nate has the powers and, and Ray doesn't have a suit anymore. Ray uh, actually makes explicit his, this connection in his mind between. Uh, Nate and destroying the suit, which is interesting. And, like, it's interesting to watch them play this relationship that has those layers to it as well. Also, don't forget, Steel's powers come from something that Ray made to give himself. Mm -hmm. And then Steel was dying, and so he gave it to him. So that's... That's He took all the powers, it seems. Yeah, he's got two powers, and Ray has none. Although he's got enough Dwarf Star now to make 20 Atom suits. Yeah. Well, no, his power is being terrified, I guess. Mm. Being terrified, but being being a good dude anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Look at him go. Uh, (laughs) Look at him go. Look at him go. Look at him go. He was so cute, Ray. So they head back to the past, and who do they come across first? They come across Jonah Hex about to get lynched. Jonah Hex. And we find out... Hex stands for huge sexist. <laughs> yeah, laid it on really thick. Real, real thick. It's like in the in the old west, we don't trust any women. <laughs> also, I'm really glad we had captions on for this episode because every time he talked. I really couldn't understand it what he was like, saying. Maybe my memories are a little hazy from last season, but it feels like he has become more unintelligible. Yeah, and I think we know why. 
Well, you know, I, I rip always, is gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, that little piece of his heart is gone. A little piece of his heart. Uh, what I do, I mean, I always like John Hex as a character reading the comics and stuff, and I was, I was excited to have him come back because I felt like we didn't get to see enough of him in the first episode right. that he was on last season. But this one did not give me what I was hoping for because I want to see John Hex like taking charge, kicking butt. I mean, he's he's super, he's smart, capable, very savvy, and this. Felt like he was just like the bumbling idiot most of the time. Yeah, I was like, Sarah had to put him in his place. Come on. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times it was. I yeah, I was a little disappointed too because I love those hex comics and I kind of I like that he's such like a badass and it feels kind of like a preacher. It yeah. feels kind sure. of like that. It has that sense of just um, coming in and just you know shooting up people or dealing with something a gritty kind of dark world. And I don't know if it fits. I think the problem is, like, what we love about Jonah Hex doesn't fit into Legends of Tomorrow World, which is very bright, happy, and shiny. I mean, this is... It's like, it doesn't fit into... If we were going to actually have Jonah Hex, they wouldn't know how to deal with him, because he he feels more like Constantine or something. Like, it feels just dark and heavy and, and jagged. Well, sure, and he's also an Old West hero, and you talk about one of the things you love so much about Jonah Hex is his savvy, is his ability, is his command of, of a situation that he finds himself in. Right. This He is so far out of his element that it's all so... This, he's on a time shift. This is all so far beyond his realm of experience. He's not able to assume that role. So instead, he does get cast as this, like, I don't know what's happening, but we're going we're gonna to blow up the mountain with the magic, with the, the thing and the stuff. And, and again, second time this week, I wasn't the one to bring up Constantine. It's weird. Um, but yeah, to me, the most disappointing thing was how we did not have any Brokeback Mountain-esque scenes with Rip. It just wasn't I think the there same. was there was a moment when he was on the yeah. ship, and he's like, so... Uh, Where's, where's Rip? Yeah. And they're like, oh, he's not here. Oh, it's oh. fine. <laughs> I'm not crying. <laughs> I'm not crying. So anyways, I hate women. <laughs> There's no reason behind my hate of women. Anyways, you know, this woman likes other women. <laughs> That's uh, not right, right? You can't love the same type of sex, can you? <laughs> I mean, it's not like that's capable. <laughs> what, did, what did Mick call Billy's? Oh, Billy Billy's. It's like what? So yeah. So the I liked. I did like at the very top of the scene this addressing Rip's absence, and then I yeah that scene. The scene got got real weird, and it got very um. <laughs> yes. So strange. Like like you said, this is heavy amounts of whatever it is Jonah's doing. Right. Yeah, and I mean, my what I love about Jonah Hex is that in addition to everything that from the original comics, he's also a Western hero that's been catapulted into the future and had his own futuristic series for a while. True. Called Hex. I forgot about that. Uh, where he actually gets to see how he ends up, where he's just a stuffed uh, taxidermy body in a museum display. That. <laughs> Is a great ending for a comic book series right there. <laughs> uh, so he's comfortable with the future and he knows all this stuff. So to have that knowledge and to see what the character's potential is, but to see him kind of portrayed like this where he's just like the the, the big blockhead and like, he's, man, he's, not what I'm yeah. looking for. Yeah, the guy in the room who compares women to horses. Yeah. yeah. Calio, uh, C-A-L-L-I-O-P-E-C-I-R-C-E. You know really who you are. Really difficult to spell. Um, worse than my name, but um, I was so surprised Rip didn't show up at the end in Hex's bed. Yeah, I, I we were expecting it too. That's yeah, totally we were totally it. wanting that. Hoping we just—it would have been great if that was the stinger at the end of like Hex going like, "Well, you're right, they showed up," and he's just like putting on his clothes. And he's just like, I knew they would. I cannot do a good rip impression. <laughs> Try to do British and it came out like this. Yes. Yeah. Just more Southern. Yeah. Well, he's, he's going no, native. Is yeah, he's going native. <laughs> no one will know that I am British if I talk like this. He just has Madonna syndrome, you know. You just start Madonna sounding like um, what you have sex with. Oh, right, yeah, right, you know, right, got right, a British right, accent. Right, right, there you go. Right, Don't right. just call us yeah. friends. Our love will be legend. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 
much more. We are our love is misfits. <laughs> what? 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 Forget it. Oh my. Uh, so we, what I do enjoy though is Nate's just exuberance about his powers, and I felt that like tracked a lot through the course of the episode, where he's just like as excited to be able to go out there and block bullets as they're trying to uh, shoot away uh, while they're trying to hang. The l- big smile on his face <clears throat> as he just go, and he doesn't really have to do that other than I think he maybe only brought the one suit with him, right. but he'd be fine. But he's just delighting and taking this. <laughs> swatting him out of the air like those were some of my favorite moments tonight. yeah he represents my favorite parts of this season just like having fun just enjoying being a superhero being a big fanboy and just like leaning into it that's that's what's great now Ray gives him a hard time because before they head out first uh, he comes across a sketch that Nate had made of his potential steel costume Uh and I feel like if you had superpowers, wouldn't you want to have a costume? Why would you? I mean, come on. Who wouldn't sketch out a costume? I don't even have superpowers, and I've sketched out that superhero costume. For yeah, myself. but I wouldn't. If I had the power to turn steel, I wouldn't give myself a helmet. You know, like, I'm not, <laughs> I no. What would you give yourself? Yeah. Just, would you give it just like the little mask? Would that be? That's it? the only time mm-hmm. it makes sense yeah. to actually have a domino mask because the rest of your body is armor. Well, yeah, but don't you? But you can wear a helmet. It look cool. Yeah, but it's just. But aren't your eyes also armor in that case? Like, yeah. do you even need do you even the need domino? A mask? You don't need the mask. But if you had the mask, you could actually pull off a domino mask. For the first time, because it doesn't actually do anything to protect you, yeah. Except maybe your face or something. It's, it's, I would go with like I would go with like a T-shirt or maybe something. Like it wouldn't be that special. It's, it's I already definitely, turned silver. I it, thought he should, needed less clothes. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, of course yeah. you would. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's like, definitely. Uh, it's a fashionable costume more right. than it is a, a functional costume. For sure. I think it's designed not to go like, oh, steel's definitely protected in the field, but more so you look at it and go, hmm, that's striking. You know what? I was just about to say, even if I could turn into steel, I would still go shirtless because (laughs) it would be like, you know, rock hard steelness. But then there is a problem of when you steel down, then all of a sudden you're just jiggly again right away. So you need... You need to protect that. <laughs> and I feel like maybe that's the case for Nate. It's like when he's not steel constantly. He, right. Sometimes he is human. So you still want to look cool when you're just a human. So you want to have that cool So you want to have a helmet. You want to have a helmet. That helmet looks cool. I'm going to, with a little oh. fin on it. Come on now. Okay, put a little fin. I do oh. like helmets with fins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> that are, would add a little. Yeah, a lot, nice little like rocketeer thing going on. That's yeah. right. James yeah. Olsen could take a few examples from that. Oh, boy. Oh, he's not. Here we go. I'm not a killer. Oh, mm-hmm. boy. And, uh, yeah, a nice uh, bright color scheme. That's why I give it up for steel. Bright yeah. and colorful. For yeah. sure. James uh, Olsen, take notice again. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> All right. They're going to do, I guarantee, they're going to do a paint job sequence like in the Muppet movie where the Electric Mayhem does the song. They're going to yeah. do one of those for Guardian's outfit at some point. And I'm going to say, Frank, I told you so All when right. this doesn't actually happen. Oh, well, nice. Guardian's outfit is a lot like Adam's outfit in this, where it's just, it's another excuse to have an Iron Man. Yeah. It's just another Iron Man suit. And it's just, I just focus on the powers that the character actually has. Yeah. And like use that. And that's, and I was really hoping we were going to get to a belt or something. Mm. Short, but it looks like we're going to get the suit coming up again. Yeah, now he's got enough dwarf star material to power 20 atom suits. Here's the Mm. thing. It's just in time for the team-up. Yep. It's just in time for the team-up, and I think they want to make sure that they have a shrinking atom for the team-up that looks a lot like the atom we already were introduced to and know, so people who are, for some reason, just watching Arrow are continuing to, (laughs) question mark? Are yeah. know what's going on when he shows up, and they'll have a little like, oh, and this is steel. He's new. This is, but look at him. He has He's a helmet. Tons of steel. And uh, Alley Cat Diva says, "LOL, Ray is joining Cisco and Win in the costume designer department. We oh. actually are now going to have to have an award show uh, across all four of them uh, for costume design. Catwalk, hit well, up the catwalk." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, certainly Ray's uh, least favorite words out of his mouth this episode when he said exosuit. I'm like, come on. Darn it, guys. You were so close. Wait, why, so why specifically does that bother you? 
Because I feel like it should go back to what we've always talked about. Like, it should be just a size-changing belt. You okay. should get back to old school. It's funny and... how you want Steel to wear more clothes, but Ray to wear less clothes. Only a belt. Wait, they both well, need to wear, wear less clothes. wear a cool costume. Yeah. It wouldn't be just a belt, have a guys. shirt. Right. Okay. They, only the belt, and then, then he has to be <laughs> pixelated. Yeah. He'd be pixelated, by the way. <laughs> That's the worst thing for a guy whose power is just to shrink. <laughs> <laughs> to just have... To just be naked with a belt the entire time. That's... That is just demeaning. I think he and still both should wear outfits like that. I think that would that be okay. That would be a good okay, show. Okay, sure. Well, we're I, on the wrong network. He'll be, his, his new name yeah. is Grower, not Show. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would. I would watch that show. I would watch that show because in a world where the legends are that lax in their dress code policy, what else is true aboard this ship? That it's excites true. me. If you're going to yeah. be a misfit or an outlaw, then yeah, you, you don't wear, wear pants. No, don't wear pants, guys. <laughs> don't we don't wear pants. <laughs> oh, before we go too far, I do want to talk about how in the opening song where it becomes a little like westerny opening version <laughs> yes. of Legends of Tomorrow, <laughs> yes. my favorite moment in this whole episode was the little like the you see the whole opening thing and then very quietly you just hear one person go, "Yahoo!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then later on, they're like, what's that noise? And it sounds like, I thought maybe throughout the entire episode, we were just going to end each scene with a little, Yahoo! (laughs) Wow! That would actually be cool. Uh, certainly, perfect. Nate and Ray were excited to be. Back yeah, there was quite a bit yes. of that in the episode. Yes. Yeah, I guess that's it was. True. It was. Uh, it was diegetic yeah and not yeah. non-diegetic yeah. <laughs> it was also strange to watch this episode after digesting so much and catch me on the after buzz show for this for, of Westworld because I felt like everyone was going to be revealed to be hosts or robots at some point. There was that moment in the saloon where everyone stands up and it's revealed that everyone is working for Turnbull and I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, so it's like Turnbull's Westworld and these are all of his hosts. And like when the the saloon girl pulled a gun, I was like, oh, so they're all like his robots now. Yeah. As uh, Hex tells the, the legends that uh, Turnbull has not taken over this town, so everybody has either been driven out, works in the mines, or, or they work for him here in the town. Uh, so they have a plan. They're going to send, uh, Sarah says, hey, uh, uh, Rory and Amaya, you go into the bar, get him out here on the street, so that way we can get him. Hex and I will hang out here waiting for him. And then uh, Nate and Ray and Jax, you get to address his accountants yeah. <laughs> and sneak into his organization. Mm-hmm. Which, again, Nate is very disappointed. Like, I'm the research guy, and I'm the accountant. I just want to be in on the action. This is also the first time this season that they've broken up Firestorm, and it, that for not a very good reason. Like, every, they, <laughs> yeah. they like to do that last season, yeah. like, a lot. And they've done it in this season before, but it made sense. They had have to have uh, Jax go in as a spy in the Civil War, and so it makes sense right. that... You know, an old white guy can't, like, follow him around when he's disguising himself as a slave. And in this this time, it felt he had a headache, and so mm-hmm. he stayed back, but he was also having these flashes of memories. But I, I kept thinking, like, why didn't they... I wish they... I wish we saw a scene where they became Firestorm and it they couldn't stay together because oh, of those, like, flashes. Right. And then that it would have be been like, oh, wow, okay, you have to stay back and fix and figure out what's going on. And I'm, I'll head out and get, get got some reasoning, and it didn't really have that this time around. Yeah, I uh, a lot of the chat had speculated that maybe this girl is going to turn out to be Stein's daughter since he was, pres- you know, he said to his younger self to spend more time with Clarissa. But my first thought was oh, like, whose mom is this going to turn out to be that he was banging? That's because I'm a weirdo, apparently. So you think mm-hmm. he's like. Banging Ray's mom, yeah, yeah or, or like, like Nate, somebody, or like he secretly yeah. heat waves dad or something. Yeah, like that, that, <laughs> yeah. that's where I was going, but I'm a weirdo. Yeah, no. I love the idea that it could be his daughter. That would be a nice little like, I'm because I, I don't no. see that coming. We so. just keep bending time to create new children for people in this universe. It would seem yeah. right, <laughs> yeah. right. If that is the case, that's true. Well, speaking of legend our... point, <laughs> oh really, really quick before we before we move on to far, you mentioned that they've got to go undercover as these these tax folks the the build up to the moment where it's revealed what their cover is it felt like we we were about to do like an ironic like cut like you know we we've got to go in undercover what's our disguise going to be and it builds 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 and it's like what are they going to be like saloon girls or something yeah and then it's like no we're tax people and we're dressed the same i was like oh i really wish they were saloon girls i was like okay i was like i'm fine with this but it felt like we were building to like a whoa and we twist. didn't yeah seeing them shaving Aww. their legs and stuff got to get ready guys we're going undercover 
See, that would have been more interesting. No. Right. <laughs> now, uh, Mick is not doing uh, flying a course through the plan. Instead of like trying to uh, make uh, Turnbull all anxious and get ready to fight, they all suddenly become best buddies. They're just hanging out, boozing right. up, really loving just life, and just talking shop about, as two kind of hooligans would do. Which makes sense, actually. Like <laughs> it, it makes a weird amount of sense that those two would hit it off. Yeah. yeah. And then we see Rex, or excuse me, Hex acting like a chump again, which frustrated the heck out of me. Because I think he's like, oh, I'm not waiting anymore. Uh, your man's not following the plan. Why should I? What did you guys think of uh, Vixen and Rory's relationship in this? And, like the the storyline that they're building, that they're kind of like helping each other out. I really liked it. To to me, that made total sense with who her character is. You know, Uh she harnesses the power of the animals. And what better person to relate to than McRory? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I like it a lot as well. And I like that we keep pairing Mick off with different people and allowing these interactions to unlock different parts of him. I really like the potential for both of them in this relationship. I don't ship it. But if oh, they can no, stay, no. but no, if no, they no. stay, if they stay platonic buddies and compatriots who actually benefit and grow from helping each other out, I I love it and I I like what they did certainly in this episode. Yeah. yeah, just like him with Sarah too. They always had a really good, interesting friendship. I never saw anything romantic, but he can talk to her because she's you know more of a bro with him. Like, and it's funny his. Okay, so, you know, maybe Mick is gay because he has, you know, he loves uh, Ray and he loves Captain Cole. Not like, everyone has to be gay. Well, <laughs> on our shows, we love it. Yeah. Now, because it is interesting to see uh, Mick's character. I mean, certainly after he got turned into Kronos last season, he basically had more of like an evolutional growth in terms of like intelligence and stuff. It came across as not like the meathead that he was. This season, we're kind of embracing more like that animal side of him, too. And I mean, we can see that he can play both sides of it where he says, I know what a metaphor is, but don't, yeah, but don't tell him. I love, I love that little moment of. T- so weird amount of self-awareness for Mick yeah. and I I really like that as well because he knows he's he's more conscious of himself than I think he's ever been before. Yeah. And that storyline reminded me of um of Sarah and Hawk Girl from the first season but done a lot better. Yeah. Like cleaner. And it didn't have it didn't it didn't feel like this episode showed how you can have people kind of building each other's character but still have something to do with the actual story of the mm-hmm. show and not have weird kind of in the, in that storyline I think I remember them training and it had nothing to do with the, what the actual show was about so yeah. it, it was nice to have it kind of blend all into kind of one because I think I feel like the subtle difference is like everybody uh, is accepting of their powers and for the most part just like jazzed about having them and I feel like uh, Kendra last season was like I don't even know what I am. Do I want to be this? What's going on? I'm right. supposed to be desperate with the guy. And I felt like she was always so reluctant to really embrace everything. It just made it really tough to get through stuff. And like, sure. Oh, just, just, I want people just to be excited that they got these powers or their abilities or whatever their mindset is. And like, let's just see where that takes us. Right. Uh, so uh, we see the uh, they do get into a big, huge fight that bleeds out into the street. We find out that Turnbull has taken the dwarf star and turned it into ammunition and is able to fire it out of his gun for a cool explosive effect. It looks yeah. pretty awesome. Uh, so I and this is one of those things where it's like in a in a world where one dude has shrinky powers, uh, one dude <laughs> yeah. has flying fire powers, and yeah. you know I, I can I can buy a lot of stuff. It was bugging me a little bit. Was it bugging anyone else on this panel that Turnbull was able to figure out how to use this technology so efficiently? I don't mm-hmm. know. I think it's basically. I wonder if I put it in a bullet, what would happen? Oh, but even to find it, like to figure out how to use the little tracker device. You know what I mean? Like that right. little piece of future. Well, I don't know because I, I was I actually thought you were gonna have another I have another weird thing along that same lines but I felt like finding it he met the guy and he's like I'm looking for this weird ore it's around here somewhere it's it, this tracking thing brings you to it it's really gonna be useful like that's that was enough to be like okay it's obviously this rock that he's talking about sure wonder what it does. Let's hit it a bunch of times and yeah. see if it explodes. And it probably exploded. Yeah. And so he's like, cool, I'm going to put it into a bullet. Right. And maybe the tracker was as simple as, like, no-brainer, like, just follow the beeping. And if it's I beeping mean, it faster. Was, it was already on. Right. And I, they, it seems like they never turned it off. And then as soon as they found it, they put it down on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> they just, like, <laughs> left it in the mine, which I liked. Because at first I was like, why didn't he keep that with him? And then I realized, oh, he doesn't know how to work it. It only takes you to one spot right you might as well leave it in the spot it takes it it takes you to so that kind of makes sense but i did what the thing that bugged me about the logic of the bullets was 
I, for one, if it's going to explode, it sounded like like a, a bullet size is what powered the atom suit. Yes. So it mm. felt like it should have been a bigger explosion. Like it should have like broken off half of the bar. Or, and also, when he shoots steel, why is it then... It, it, it turns from an explosion to a very functional projectile. Yeah. So I feel like it should have exploded and then hurt him because it exploded so hard. Or always was a very good projectile that just goes through everything. But that right. doesn't look as cool. Yeah. Well, I, the other part that was bugging me too is that the fact that it seems like it has a projectile or pretty much any time you strike it, it's going to detonate. Yet, how did uh, how did Turnbull have the, the technology or the wherewithal to know, like, all right, how, how, to separate tiny little pieces of it to turn into bullets because right. if you're just smashing it I mean, that's huge explosions that you're causing so I don't know how you would actually start carefully slicing off just small bullet sized amounts that you, you have to use. hit it hard enough to do yeah. it yeah. and he just broke it off alright maybe he rolled it on a maybe it's maybe it's just like dust and he rolled on top of a bullet he just like licked the bullet and he rolled it on <laughs> into the it in dwarf stardust yeah oh there you go so he got I... into a happy makeout session with a hmm. woman her face blows out sure exactly <laughs> oh yeah because he got all that dwarf star yeah. stuff that's his tongue. superpower or your tongue shrinks <laughs> it just shrinks <laughs> like... oh no <laughs> no I'll never kiss a girl again <laughs> whoa anyways nice nice moment for yes. a quiet drop off <laughs> did you have a chat uh, a comment from the chat Lucretia oh um not about the bullets. Um, yeah, like no one nope. has any theory on how those were made. My assumption was just he's been in every Robert Rodriguez movie. Yeah. He learned something there. That's true. I yeah. also think <laughs> yeah. any, any character that Jeff Fahey plays is imbued with the gift of bullet magic. Yep. Yeah, that works. Also, what I love about Legends of Tomorrow, especially this season, is I, I it, it feels like shark repellent spray logic, and I don't care. I'm just like, I'm embracing it, and I think that's what the show's about. No. If it wasn't, if it wasn't the other shows, I might be like, wait, how did they do that? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you. Like these nitpicks on my part certainly aren't things that I'm legitimately bothered by. They're yeah. things that it's like, well, I see this, and it's got me thinking, and I really want to follow this thread right. and see where it leads me. Yeah, yeah. So after everything kind of goes uh, pear shaped at in their first encounter with Turnball, they head back to the Wave Rider. Sarah and, and Jack's uh, uh, Hex kind of hash it out about, hey, you got to. I mean, just you know, I'm not just a woman. I'm a captain. You all kick your ass. I do have to say, I, I, this was another episode where we got to see Sarah be a great leader and yes, like yeah. a better leader than Rip. Oh, ever. Sure. we've been oh, seeing yeah. a lot of that. Yeah, and it's uh, just just in that opening scene too, where they show up to the town and she's like, "Okay, well, uh, Mick, you go in and you cause you be the match in the in the powder keg. You do this, you do this, and like is able to kind of point people in different directions that make sense. Yep. And yeah. they're good team ups and they don't sound weird. Yeah, and they're not just to do a random shit for no reason. It's yeah. just like she has a plan and that's so not what Rip had last year. And then she's good at delegating. But yeah, I liked when she goes, No, it's Captain Lance. It's like just like your dad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh you. I didn't even think of that. Oh, that is nice. Yeah. Uh we also get a nice little scene again with Amaya and Rory where uh Mick was saying, Hey, you like uh, they like to think uh that I'm part of the team, they like to pretend that they think they have me have me on a leash, but right. that's not the case. Interesting to see how Mick feels about his st- his role in the team. Right. And it's also interesting to see him be, again, it's this awareness he has of himself and his circumstance, but it's not leading him to become angry or violent or obstinate the way it would have certainly season one when he was first part of this team. Certainly when we knew him on The Flash, I don't think that Mick could be faced with a concept like that right. and not get incensed to the point of aggression. Yeah, and I feel like Mick at this point, I mean, because there's nothing I, keeping him here. There's no, he, he doesn't have to be here. He could go back to Central City anytime that he would want. But I feel like he, even though he won't verbally admit it, he does, he, there is a connection forming between him and the rest of the legends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he feels like he is part of the team. He just is the, the wild card of the team. But they kind of know how to use him. And, and he also, this season's all about him figuring out who he is without captain cold Mm -hmm. and it's we and i think we get a good sense of that and he's getting a good sense of who he is yeah i'm enjoying that uh oh i was just gonna say and i like too that it's coming out in private one-on-one moments like he's still in the group when it's all of them and it's that same group dynamic he's still like i just want to blow stuff up he's (laughs) he's still he's still that guy 
but privately it's it's all of this as well and i think that's very cool because that totally tracks believably with what he is experiencing and i feel that he feels the need to do that to be that grunty you know jokey guy um around them but you know when he's just individual like he goes back into more of that that chronos you know he's a little bit more thoughtful you know he knows what a metaphor is guy yeah you know, <laughs> don't tell them uh, and then we have Nate and Ray bonding over uh, where Nate gets to tell a bit of a backstory about getting trying to stand up to a bully, getting beaten up, and then he's basically afraid until he got these powers and feel like, hey, maybe I can still make a difference now. Mm-hmm. But after getting shot as mm. a steel man, he's like, oh, man, I don't know if I can still do this or not. And he had a yeah. 51% survival rate. Couldn't you just said better than average? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the big grand plan, though, is they figure out that Turnbull's going to use all that dwarf star to blow up their railway at right. some point there to be able to separate the east from the west. Cut off the west from the east, and then you can take over the west, no problem. So they split up. Uh, Jax, Nate, and Ray are going to stop the train, and Sarah and Hex are going to go get Turnbull. Yes. Yeah. I I love that uh, that Steel got to do, I think, what everyone who wants to have superpowers wants to do. Yes. Literally stop a moving train. Stop a moving train. That's like that was a cool moment. That was a very superhero moment. It's like something we saw in Spider Man, and it's something that you get a sense of with Superman, with although faster than a locomotive, more powerful than a locomotive, yeah, Yeah. faster than a speeding bullet, yeah, more powerful than a locomotive. Um, He stopped a bullet and the locomotive in this episode. Sorry, I think he's better than Superman. He refers to himself himself as the Man of Steel in this episode. Oh, meanwhile, Brandon Routh is like, come on. about that recently because I was watching some um, of the, they're talking about the team up that's happening in a couple of weeks and they were talking about like Supergirl and it was it was Brandon Routh hanging out with Supergirl and he's in the Adam outfit and being like yeah this is Supergirl I'm hanging out with I was like poor guy yeah. <laughs> you're, you're still the... my favorite Superman Brandon yeah mm-hmm. you were in the worst Superman movie ever but still oh, like you were pretty good it's at it. better than Man of Steel <laughs> uh, no, but that's that's okay. Yeah. I don't. Lex Luthor is a real estate tycoon. I, yeah. Let's not focus on that. But, <laughs> no. but I thought even the, the effects and the way they, they realized that whole sequence of him stopping the train, I thought was really well done. Well, and also too, and we touched upon it earlier, but you, you know, Dave, you mentioned that this this is something we've seen in say Spider Man, or we've seen Superman do versions right. of it. But what we don't always get to see is the person who stops the train getting to then have a moment of, oh my god, I stopped the train. That is yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I love that. I love that because, Dave, like you said, this is one of the first three things anyone would think of doing if they had these superpowers. And wouldn't that be amazingly cool? Mm -hmm. So to see, you know, ourselves represented in that way is is nice. Uh, The last part of the mission is uh, Mick and Amaya. They're going to go into the mine, blow that up so that Turnbull can't get access to any more of the Dwarf Star. Uh, So they go do that. They light it up. The mine blows up. They're able to, in the confusion... Hex is able to get uh, get the leg up on Turnbull, capture him, and look at that, guys. The United States is saved. Yes. They did it. The it legends did it. It wasn't taken <laughs> over by a crazy millionaire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Still fine. The legends <laughs> yeah. are coming any day to save us Legends all. are going to save us now. from all crazy millionaires taking over yeah. America. Is this Flashpoint? No, at the end of the episode, they did say their friends back in 2016 need our help. So yep. yeah, perhaps we yep. know why. It's yes, election we do. Related. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I wish. It's going to be aliens. Uh, and then we have a moment again with Jackson Stein. We kind of figure out what may be the cause of all these headaches and flashes that Stein has been having. And I do like that Jackson originally refers to it as a manopause moment. Mm. Yeah, that was pretty adorable. It was pretty funny. And Dave, when you said it's going to be aliens and then thinking of 2016, I'm like, could we have Independence Day? Yeah. But I will say, nice. just because you, you just dropped the reference to yeah. the, the menopause line, um, as much fun as I had with many of the moments in tonight's episode, <laughs> oh, nothing boy. compared to the sheer joy I experienced watching the three of you watch this episode and watching like when the menopause <laughs> line happened, just doing like a boop. Boop, boop, at everybody's face and seeing the, the range of emotions that you all were feeling was a real treat for me. <laughs> yeah, it's this isn't, if I'm going to be honest, this isn't okay. my favorite episode this season, but I really love, I, I love that they get what the tone is and that they're playing with it. Every scene with Steel and Ray, that was so perfect. Yes. It was so, mm-hmm. yeah. 
and they have great banter back and forth. And I love the like, oh man, you that was a really great inspirational speech. And he's like, good, oh, I have more. I have that. And he's just like, you, you know what? You nailed, nailed it, it, buddy. <laughs> that was that was perfect. Or like the, are you guys done broing out in here? And they're like, no, no but we could be no. if we're we, okay, okay. We can okay. That I was did, just it was great. It was adorable. I did love when uh, Sarah just totally shut down right here. Like, get to the part we care about. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that was that was such a good bird. There's such a nice uh, just uh, increase in quality in terms of the relationships and the dynamics this season. Absolutely, but right. The everything that bummed me out that they did with Hex this season, uh, this episode, really bummed me out because they already had him on last season. Why so he got with a negative, I, it's just like you're gonna bring. Yeah, we're talking about all the good stuff. Everyone just felt like too good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, but it's just like I'm hoping that the Legends writers, if they're gonna bring in these iconic characters, they just nail them as good as they do the rest of the core cast. That's all I'm asking. I uh, I agree. But wasn't this episode fun? But guys, fun let me... So, so in summation, Frank Moran demands it is all perfect all the right. time. Absolutely. Is yeah. that too much to ask for our oh, television? No. God! Should we not demand the best from our writers, producers, and creators? Should we not hold them up to higher <laughs> What do people in the chat think? Uh, oh, there was a pretty good comment about um, why wasn't the wave rider alerted when flashpoint happened wasn't that a big right. time rift i'm trying to see who said that. yeah i think they made the time that little time quake thing a little bit before that actually happened so yeah. uh, that's my geeky explanation yeah. for how it that happened. Works. maybe that's a little what, after yeah. that's what barry's future messages Oof, and that's all it is. Like, yeah. whoops. Oops. So you guys, like, 50 years ago, I did something. That yeah, was Artmaster Austin Prophet. Well, that's a fun name. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, as we're talking about Barry's future message, why don't we talk about some future thinking of our own and do a right. few predictions? Uh... And now, you're after Buzz TV predictions. Now, of course, we know in two weeks... We're going to have the big four-way crossover event. We've got yes. the, uh, the Dominators coming in to attack Earth. It's going to take all these heroes from all four CW shows to team up to stop these guys. But after that, do you guys have any predictions about that crossover or anything else that you think is going to happen this season? I think we're going to get a subtle Superman joke out of Ray. I think that's going to happen. Or maybe not so yeah, subtle. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Ray's not subtle. <laughs> yeah, but it's. I, I really hope they have a little bit of nod towards Brandon Routh now hanging out with, with uh, Supergirl. And they, there, there would be plenty of opportunity to work that in somewhere because they're all just meeting Supergirl for the first time. Right. She comes from her own like slightly separate dimension uh-huh. and I'm sure there'd be some conversation about like, well, what heroes are on your world? And then Superman could be casually name dropped. Right. Certainly. Um, I know uh, Malcolm Merlin is about to show up on Legends, I think as part of the crossover and he's joining oh, really? the Legion of Doom. Um, so well, this is Death probably the cross- be in as well. Um, yeah. I know that the mid-season finale was slated for Captain Cold and Merlin showing up on Legends, but they may be part. I didn't say they weren't excluded from the crossover. I thought yeah. it was. I thought it was yeah. even sooner than that. I yeah. may be mistaken, but I thought I saw something. I thought I saw something as recently as today uh, mm-hmm. that it that it might be a little bit sooner. I hope so. He's he's my favorite man. I nice. love that guy. Yeah. Well, he's been it does really cross missed. over with the 100th episode of Arrow. Yeah. That yes. plays. That's an episode that airs during this crossover. So we'll see Deathstroke and we'll see a few yeah. other characters from the past of Arrow. The up. producers of Arrow have talked about everybody they could possibly bring back. They want to bring back. They want it to be like the 100th issue of a comic book. Like they're made, It's a big like love letter to the series. We're tying it all back to the beginning. Like it as an cool. as a huge nerd like they're speaking directly to the things that I want to hear moving yeah. towards the 100th episode of a show I watch. Does that also mean that they're going to stop with the flashbacks in that 100th episode? Well, they've talked yeah. about after this season, we've now seen the five years of flashbacks, so they would be done with yeah. them going forward. Unless Very they true. do flash forwards, guys. Yeah, yes, and, uh, and it's all old Oliver yeah. from yeah. Legends last season ah. with his one arm and his goatee. being real upset. That's even right. more upset than he is now. As long as Dolph Lundgren's in it, I'll watch it. Totally. Yeah. All right. Uh, boy, I guess that, that does it. Any other predictions for anybody else? Well, I predict that uh, Legends of Tomorrow is going to change times. Oh. Yeah. Uh, in, uh, is that really January. a prediction, Dave? Or... Uh, it's news. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be on Tuesdays now, right? Yes. I believe they, yeah, they right are moving. Flash. Yes, yeah. Tuesdays after Flash. That is correct. And that's in January. Yes. So yes. January, yeah, January 24th, I yes. believe. Yes. yes. Okay. So still for the crossover, we're going to get like one episode a day of the crossover. Oh, yeah. It'd so you got to watch cool. all the issues. And so we'll probably talk about everything. On that one, that's the hope. And, uh, and we also, I also predict I'll be eating a lot of turkey and sleeping next Thursday 
instead of being here. Oh, that's a good prediction right there. So. I figure since we had the last episode of that four-way crossover, that would be a cool thing. We'll be able to look back on the whole thing in total and see how successful they were in, in accomplishing this enormous TV event. How insanely yeah. cool is it that we've got four big budget big scale superhero shows in a shared universe and they're all crossing over like i'm still the amount of face scraping my face off the floor i'm going to have to do over the course of that week is immense science has yet to determine a system of measurement to calculate such an amount of face scraping and luckily we have frank moran's camera skills to film all that that's right i'll be documenting lex's reactions Mm -hmm. uh in live time right there so you can watch every minute the expression, every micro expression, every tick, every, every tick, every talk, every of jitter, like Lex Michael's face. <laughs> I love wow. uh, Cal El Kent. Poor Gotham. Oh, it's still good. Penguins in love with Riddler, guys. That's just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch Gotham. <laughs> Why did you have to end on a negative note there? Yeah. Oh anyway, God. <laughs> hey, hey, for the crossover, try to watch all of the episode, including the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy. We're not just don't. Hey, we're misses and outlaws. Don't call us. Uh, please, <laughs> please remember that we're a bunch of misfits. So, or some yeah. would call legends. So, please remember <laughs> to give us those five stars. Put a review. Put a good review. Feed him. Uh, feed old Lexi. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you in two weeks. That's weeks? right. Yeah. If you yeah. want to continue the conversation with us even after this show's over, you want to just check in with Dave Child as he's supping next Thursday during mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Where I'll can tell they you find what I sup about. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what's up. I'll tell you what's up. Where can it's, they find you, Dave? I'm going to get there. It's at MRDaveChild or DaveChild.com. I am all over social media at the like. I was distracted by the notion of you supping so aggressively. Listen, I, you're all imagining me sup right now, <laughs> and that's a that's a good gift for you tonight. <laughs> Whoa! I am all over social media at the Lex Michael. I'm also all over the DC on CW on ABTV slate. Supergirl on Mondays, Arrow on Wednesdays. I'm here on Thursdays. We do Ash versus Evil Dead on Sundays. We also do Comic Book Exchange on Wednesdays. So many wonderful places to come nerd out with us please do we love you all and since I'm Lucretia Lyon guys you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet and you know wherever these guys are that's yeah. right and you can follow me on Twitter at Happy Go Jackie uh, during that four, the crossover event happening in two weeks uh, there's going to be some changings up here we're yeah. also going to cross over in our panels recapping Ooh. all these episodes as well so you'll see perhaps an unfamiliar face or two on each of one of the after shows so that'd be kind of fun. except for Lex Michael he pretty much does all of them so all that's going to be a very familiar face you'll no be where sick of Lex Hello. there you go uh, but as next week is Thanksgiving folks we'll give you an early thanks so much for being uh, such a great support happening in the chat room sharing your thoughts being fans of us doing the after show we love the show we just want it to be as good as you folks at home want it to be so uh, I'm glad we can all just get together and just share our exuberance <laughs> and sometimes frustrations right. but exuberance guys right Dave Child because we're all thankful and what Frank a bunch Moore. of legends we are that's right Frank we'll see Moore. you next time. we'll see you in two weeks right here on the Legends Tomorrow After Show here on Afterbus TV happy Thanksgiving everybody From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.